Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Sports Takes Galore. I'm your host, Gabe, and thank you for listening. In this episode, I will give my takes on the Monday Night Football doubleheader games, my final takes on Week 4 in the NFL, and I will also talk about the NBA Finals Game 4 between my Los Angeles Lakers and the Miami Heat. Now, without further ado, let's get started. My opening take starts with the first Monday Night Football game between the New England Patriots and the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, this was an off-schedule Monday night game due to the positive COVID-19 test of Cam Newton on Saturday, which pushed the game back. Now, of course, Cam Newton did not play last night for the Patriots. The game started out as a defensive struggle, as the Patriots defense held the Chiefs in check in the first half, holding them to only six points. Now, their offense was moving the ball, but only managed three points. But it was Brian Hoy who started for the New England Patriots, so you knew what to expect. Hoyer had a second quarter interception and took a bad sack in the red zone when the Patriots had a chance to possibly tie this game before the half, taking momentum into the locker room. In the third quarter, Hoyer fumbled the ball after getting hit and the Chiefs recovered. Now, the Patriots did replace Brian Hoyer with Jarrett Stedman, who didn't, who, didn't, who, didn't, who didn't do much better. Stedman had two interceptions, including a pick six, and had terrible passing numbers. Now, the Chiefs did not have their best game, but they did score a couple of touchdowns, which helped them win this game 26-10. to 10. Now, if last night's game didn't show anyone why it was the Patriots were smart in signing Cam Newton in the offseason, then I don't know what to tell you. Now, I'm not saying that the, Patri- the Patriots would have won this game against the Chiefs if Cam Newton had played, because I did predict it before this COVID-19 test of Cam Newton that the Chiefs would win this game. But all you got to do is look at the quarterback play of Brian Hoyer and Jarrett Stedman, enough said. Now, hopefully for the Patriots, that Cam Newton will not be out for a long period of time. Chances are he's probably going to miss another game or two. But most importantly, outside of football, let's hope Cam Newton recovers and gets back to full health as a person. Now, for the Kansas City Chiefs, this is the third or fourth straight year that they're going to start out 4-0 the first four weeks now of course the question we're gonna have to ask is looking at what the Patriots did in the first half can another team duplicate this for four quarters now the Patriots were able to do it for two quarters and two weeks ago the San Diego Chargers um, held the Chiefs in check for three and a half quarters and then I'm going to go back to the Super Bowl with my 49ers. We were able to hold the Chiefs in check for two and a half quarters. So the formula is there. The question is, can teams duplicate it for four quarters? Because we all know the NFL is a copycat league. But of course, most importantly, even when your defense is able to duplicate 
this scheme against the Chiefs? Can your offense score enough points to beat the Chiefs? Well, it remains to be seen if somebody else is going to come up with the same scheme and can, can, can execute it from first quarter to the end of the game. Now, let's switch gears to the Atlanta Falcons versus the Green Bay Packers last night. As correctly predicted, the Packers def- defeated the Falcons 30-16. to Now, one of the things I mentioned in my analysis yesterday was that Aaron Rodgers would light up the Falcons' defense. And he did just that. He passed for 327 yards and four touchdowns. Now, Aaron Rodgers now has 13 touchdown passes through four games, which is second to Russell Wilson with 16 touchdown passes. Now, I know I've been beating up on the Falcons because of their blowing the leads and poor defensive play, but I'm going to be a little bit fair. They did lose a couple of guys last night, so their defensive secondary was depleted. But... I stated also yesterday that this game would be the season for the Atlanta Falcons. If they were to lose this game, that's a wrap. So I'm going to say this right now, you Falcon fans. That's a wrap for your team. There's nothing that convinces me that the Falcons can overcome an 0-4 start and sniff the playoffs. Now the question is going to be, how long does Arthur Blank keep Dan Quinn around as head coach of the Atlanta Falcons. That will remain to be seen. Now, I'm going to go ahead and give my final takes from week four in the NFL. Let's start off with some news from yesterday. The Houston Texans fired GM slash head coach Bill O'Brien after Texans started out 0-4. Now, I'm going to say this, and I'm sure Texans fans who listen to this would agree with me. It's about time. This needed to happen. I mean, Bill O'Brien has done nothing to improve this team. I mean, let's look at some of his moves when he was GM. I mean, he acquired Laramie Tonsil and Kenny Stills from the Miami Heat last year for two first-round picks and a second-rounder. I mean, what? and how's that worked out? I mean, the offensive line is still terrible. Deshaun Watson is not getting the right all the protection that he needs. And Kenny Stills, I mean, he's done nothing since he's gotten there. I mean, last year, he also traded JV on clowning for a third-round pick. You will sit there and tell me you want, I mean, him and J.J. Watt together make us a, a strong um, defensive tandem, and you're going to trade that away? I understand you probably wanted some more money and things like that, but they could have worked something out. And then you let the Honey Badger, Tyron Matthew, walk in free agency. I mean, really? And then the worst of all was last was, was this offseason when he traded away Deshaun Watson's best weapon DeAndre Hopkins for David Johnson and a second round pick now David Johnson hasn't been good in two or three years but to be fair to David Johnson he has been injured the past couple of years 
but I mean, you're gonna you're gonna go with a guy who's been injury prone and a second round pick. I mean, he, I mean the, the Cardinals got him for, on the cheap, and now they've and and now look at the results: 0 and 4, and now he's out. I mean, clearly this guy was wasting Deshaun Watson. I mean, Deshaun Watson is one of the young guns and the few of the NFL, along with Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes. And Will O'Brien was just basically going to waste this guy's prime years if he had stayed on as coach. Now, I think Deshaun Watson shouldn't have signed that four-year, $160 million extension. I mean, in my personal opinion. I believe he should have just, after after this year was up, go and test the market. And see if he could get on a better team, you know, with some better players and a coach who would be able to utilize his talents wisely. Now, as far as coaching goes, who's going to be the next coach? Of course, Romeo Connell is going to serve as interim head coach. I know the NFL can't do this, and I know they have to interview multiple candidates including minority candidates but Eric Bieniemy needs to be on top of that list I mean he would be awesome for Deshaun Watson I mean there's no way Eric Bieniemy gets away in this offseason I know we got a long way to go but hey I'm just gonna put it out there if I'm the Texans, I, I when, when the season is over, Eric Bieniemy is getting a call. I mean, he's getting a call, an email, voicemail, whatever. He is getting a call because he would be a jewel for Deshaun Watson. All right, let me move on. Let me move on to my next final take. Is Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers in a race to break Peyton Manning's season record of most touchdown passes? I mean, Wilson on Sunday tied Peyton Manning's record through the first four games with 16 touchdown passes. Now, in Peyton Manning's record-setting year in 2013, he had a total of 55 touchdown passes. Russell Wilson now has 16, and Aaron Rodgers has 13. Now, it's possible that both of these men may not even break the record. But it would be something if both would have come close and maybe get 50 touchdown passes each. I mean, maybe it's possible that Aaron, I mean, Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers maybe co-MVPs, which has happened a couple of times in the NFL. Remember back in 2004, Peyton Manning and the late Steve McNair of the Tennessee Titans were co-MVP. And back in 1997, Brett Favre and Barry Sanders was co-MVP. So this has happened before, but rarely. But it would be, be kind of cool that 
to see two quarterbacks have 50 touchdowns each. And that seems like the pace that Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers is going, barring any injury. And my final take from week four in the NFL. It looks like no preseason, no problem. Now, most I'm sure some fans, including myself, thought that because there were no preseason games, there did be a lot of sloppy NFL play, especially on the offensive side of the ball. Figure the defenses was going to dominate the first four weeks. Well, that hasn't happened. In fact, NFL games are averaging 51.3 points. I mean, that's the highest since the 1970 AFL-NFL merger. And the last time it was this high was two years ago when it was 48.1 in 2018. Hmm. Makes me think. Should we get rid of preseason entirely and just go to the regular season like they do in college football? Because obviously... They ain't, they, they ain't much rust. They don't see much rust on the field. And another thing, another stat that, you know, I just came across was the fact that NFL flags are averaging 13.4 per game, which is, the, uh, which is a decline. So not, we're not seeing a lot of flags on the field. I guess... They're finally, finally, the referees and the league is finally heeding the calls of us fans. Let these guys play. Let them play. So there's how they're letting them play. And I did say that was my last one, but I did another one. I do have another um, final take. Is it two a time in Miami? According to social media, Miami fans are calling for Tua to start at a quarterback for the Miami Dolphins. Now the Dolphins are one in three, and they're having problems scoring in the red zone. So the Miami the, the Dolphin fans are ready to be done with Fitzmagic and begin the Tua era in Miami. Now I get what 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 they're thinking. I mean they're seeing. Joe Burrow in Cincinnati putting up some nice numbers and you see Justin Herbert with the LA Chargers putting up some nice numbers but guess what guys they're on losing football teams so I think you need to be a little bit mindful before we decide to rush Tua into the fire now at some point he's gonna play whether it's Later this year, whether it's the beginning of 2021, but he's going to play. I just think everybody needs to also remember, this guy's coming off a very nasty injury in his last game at Alabama. I mean, his hip was out of place and he had to have surgery on it. So, yeah, I'm looking for Tua to play. I mean, he's not going to play against my 49ers, which that would have been, that would be smart of the, of the Dolphins not to put him out there. 
but eventually he's going to be out there. So all I can say for you Dolphin fans is be a little bit patient. And as for um, Brian Flores, I know you. I know that you're going to have to put him out there at some point. So just do just just make sure you know what you're doing and don't put him out there so early that he fails. Because we don't want to talk about in 2023-24 what kind of bus Tua was when he was put out there when he wasn't ready. Now finally, I'm going to end with Game 4 of the NBA Finals between the Los Angeles Lakers and the Miami Heat. Now, will the Miami Heat be able to duplicate what they did Sunday? Or will my Lakers be able to duplicate what they have been doing throughout these playoffs? Take a 3-1 lead, put the team on the brink, and finish them off afterwards. Well, one of the things the Lakers will, will have to avoid is these sloppy play, these turnovers... And make sure that Anthony Davis is involved early and often. Because in game three, Anthony Davis wasn't much of a factor because he was in foul trouble most of the time. And also, they need to make sure they get a handle on Jimmy Butler. I mean, Jimmy Butler is what beat the Lakers on in game three. So, they're going to have to do more to neutralize him and... Let Tyler Hero and some of the other Miami Heat players beat them. But of course, if it does become 2-2 tonight, it makes it very interesting because now it's a best two out of three and it could turn out to be anybody's series. But if, if my Lakers pull it off tonight, it's a wrap on Thursday. I look for LeBron and AD to come out firing early. I think Anthony Davis will set the tone early. I think LeBron will do what he usually does. He'll pick and choose his spots. And I think in the fourth quarter, he's going to take over. So yes, I do look for my Lakers to win this game tonight and put the heat on the brink because I think after last on Sunday's game the the, the Lakers know that they can't give the Miami Heat an inch they can't give them any more confidence than they have right now A win would, would take some of that confidence away and possibly damper any hope they have of winning a championship. Now, this will conclude this episode of Sports Takes Galore. I'm your host, Gabe. Thank you again for listening. 
and downloading. You can f- follow my podcast on Spotify, Google Playlists, and other podcast platforms. You can follow me on Twitter at ggsports13. Thank you again for listening, and I will talk to you again on Friday. Thank you and have a good rest of the day.